Hey everyone, this is Matt and welcome to another Overflow Pod and we are in our series on Road Trip Episode 7, the errand episode of The Recovery Day, Part 2. As I was in the hospital talking to my mom and she's giving me all this, telling me what she wants me to do, she says, now go do it. So she kicks me out. I'm only there for maybe less than an hour and I'm out. So I go out, do all the things that I'm supposed to do. I drive all the way over to her house, pick up her car, go take it to the car wash and vacuum out the French fries that are in the front and everything else that I can do to clean it up. Then head over to the grocery store. I bought her specific foods that she asked me to. I bought her things that were easy to cook things that she could make. I stuffed it full, her fridge and her freezer, as much as I could of stuff that I knew she wanted me to get. So I went back and dropped all that stuff off, said hi to the dog, and said hi to the guy who's watching the dog. And then I left, parked the car, and I drove over to the hotel that I'm staying in that night. And it's a budget roadside motel, but it's near her house. And since she lives in the middle of nowhere, I should say she lives in the country. And when I say the country, I mean she lives off of a road called Blueberry, which is next to PD. It's P-E-E-D-E-E. So it's not like the initials PD. No, 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 no. They spell it out. And that's right next to Dog Bite Road or something or Dog Bluff or Dog Bark or something. You know, they got real, real, uh, real descriptive names for their roads. (laughs) So, so I found the closest motel and it was like a Best Western or something. And it was one of those motels that you go in from the outside. And I go in and, and I check in the, the front desk guy's real nice. And I go to my room and it's real, it's clean and the furnishings are new, which is good. But right as I go up to my door, I'm right next to where the maid services, which is good. I'm on the first floor and I would rather be on the first floor than the second And right next to me is a woman smoking, blowing smoke towards my room. And I'm like, thanks for the non-smoking room. So I go in and I put everything down and I'm really liking the room. I I think the room is really nice. I stay there for a little bit and then I head out for dinner before I go back to the hospital to see my mom one last time. And I make it out to the Liberty Tap Room, which is like a bistro or burger bar or I don't know what else, American Fair and I go in there, and she goes, you want to be inside or outside? And I'm like, I'll be outside. So I'm the only one on this huge deck. And it turns out that they have live music coming in an hour, and they're going to play it out there on the deck. Maybe it wasn't like a deck. It was like a huge patio. And there was literally room for about 75 people and had this huge bar. And I'm the only one. I'm sitting way in the corner because that's where the waitress put me. She's like, you can sit here and people watch, or you can just sit here quietly. And I said, okay. So I grabbed, I had my iPad. She took my order. She was so good. She made me order more food than I wanted to. I ordered this amazing burger with extra pickles. Oh, the pickles were so good. I know I had to mention pickles. She's so good. I was like, every single waitress, waiter, hospital staff, service person that I have met down here has been phenomenal. So kind, so nice, way above their job. And see, I used to work in food service, so if you fool me, you're impressive. 
I was like, wow, these people are just an amazing group of people. And it just really hurts my wallet because I have to tip a huge amount because I know how hard it is being a service personnel, especially right now after the pandemic where people are just starting to travel again, how hard it is to make a living. So it really hurt my wallet <laughs> to give them. But they were so good. I was really enjoying my dinner. And then I was like, oh, now I have to face my mom. <sighs> this is it. You're in the home stretch, Matt. You're going home tomorrow morning. You won't see her tomorrow morning. You probably won't even talk to her. This is your last time. So I text Jeanette and tell her everything about what's going on. I send her pictures of my burger, how nice the place is. And it's a shame I can't stay there and listen to the live music instead of going to the hospital, which I would have had a really good time at. But I texted her and I told her everything that was going on. And I didn't. I didn't really say anything that my sister said. And I just asked her for advice. And I said, I said to her, this is what I, I wrote exactly. I went back in my phone and got this. And I said, she can't even hear me when I'm talking. She's just tuning me out. She's just telling me what to do, but she's not really there. She doesn't really want me there. I can't feel any love from her. And you know, I have no love for her. Because if I see someone in pain, my heart goes out to them. But when I see her, I feel nothing. She cries, and I just don't care. I shouldn't be like that. I shouldn't even be here, but she's got no one else. Since Pam decided not to come down here. Will this be the last time I ever visit her? I don't know. I feel like I'm being selfish. What's going on? My wife writes back after a few minutes. She wrote back, she's manipulative which is why you feel nothing. She uses fake pain to manipulate. So real pain is questionable at best. And I thought that that kind of summed it up. How do I know what's real and what's fake? Especially with someone who constantly makes stuff up, random stuff, stories about me. I mean, if you listen to the previous episodes of this, she, she made up so many stories to so many different people about me. She even made up one about me to me. And so I don't know what she's saying is true or false. And so when you get into the hospital and she says she's in pain, how am I supposed to know if it's real or not? I go by the doctors and their numbers and they say, oh, they, they don't see anything wrong, but they just coax her. And she they got her to calm down by just giving her an extra day. Is she just manipulating them? Does she really feel that it's a hotel? And I'm starting to think about this as I'm eating my burger and, and reading my iPad before I go finally see her. And I really don't know what to think. I said, you know what? I'm going to leave that judgment for after. So I get to the hospital. I go up to her room and she's eating dinner. And, and uh, I, write, I say to her, I'm sorry to interrupt your dinner. And she just grunts <laughs> and she keeps eating. And then when she's finally done, she said, oh, that was okay. It wasn't that great. Took them long enough to give it to me. Look at the time it is. They should have fed me like an hour ago. I don't understand what takes so long. And she doesn't say hi to me. She's just complaining about her dinner for like 10 minutes. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? Aren't you happy to see me? I'm leaving in a little bit. So I decided to test her. I said, I cleaned out your car real good. She goes, oh, you did? I said, yeah, it looks real nice. No more french fries. She got a big smile. I said, oh, I stuffed your freezer. Oh, really? Yeah. 
put a lot of stuff in your fridge. Really? I got you so much cheese, I don't know when you're going to finish it. Big grin, big smile. Thank you, Matthew. We talk about food and nothing else. I told her I'm going to leave soon. She says, okay, thanks for coming. And I walk out. And I decide to stick around a little bit. I said, Mom, I should stay a little bit longer. She was like, okay. We don't really talk about anything. She doesn't tell me she's glad to see me. She doesn't tell me that she wishes she could be there and walk home with me. She shows no emotions about that kind of stuff. Then she starts complaining about her back and starts crying, and she presses the nurse, so I leave. Let the nurse deal with it. 45 minutes later, I come back in the room because the nurses were dealing with her. They had to help her do some stuff, get out of bed, go to a restroom, stuff like that. So I couldn't be around. So I finally come back in. I said, Mom, it's getting kind of late. I'm going to go. She said, okay, thank you so much for coming down, Matthew. I appreciate it. I said, I know. And then she said, oh, give me a hug before you go. Most awkward hug of my life. She was, let me know if, if you have any problems. Okay, goodbye, goodbye. That was it. I walked out of the hotel. <sighs> I didn't know what to think at that point. Was... Was I the cause? Did I cause all the problems? Like, I always thought that it's always my fault because I didn't want to have anything to do with her. I severed the relationship that it was my responsibility. Or is it both of our faults? I don't know. It was too heavy of a talker. I just went out of there, ripped off the mask when I wrote out, and I wrote one word to my wife. I wrote, freedom! I felt like Braveheart, in Braveheart. <laughs> freedom! And I just said, yes! And I went home. And I was like, the ordeal is over. I just have to drive home early in the morning. It's only 7.45. I can get, I can leave at like 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning. I can get home before dinner tomorrow night. Oh, this is going to be the best. I can't wait to get home and see my wife and kids. Oh, yeah. The hard part's over. Little did I know what was about to happen in just a few hours. But you'll have to tune in to episode 8 to get that. So... Hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you in episode eight.